Welcome to another edition of the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast. We've got a little bit of a special podcast for you this week. Coming to you from the Carl Chevrolet Studios. Uh, Brand, intern Brandon, you know more about random college football teams than any person that I know. And that's why you've come up with some predictions for us. Uh, some of them, as you have told me, are rather bold. I don't know any of these predictions. I have no idea what you're about to tell me, so I really am somewhat concerned as to where this is going to go, but we're uh, going to find out. Yeah, I, I'm concerned as well because I feel like our friendship could teeter completely on some of the things I'm about to say in this podcast. It's okay. I just got done recording a podcast in which uh, we talked about a lot of really messed up things, so I am not too worried about that. Uh, but first, I do need to give you guys a quick reminder. This weekend, the one-day, one-price sale uh, on Saturday at Carl Chevrolet and Carl Chevrolet of Stewart. This will be their record-breaking 128th one-price sale. All vehicles on the lot are going to be tagged with a one low price, over 2,000 new and pre-owned vehicles to choose from. As you come into the dealership, they will have to they will valet your car so you don't have to find a place to park. With over 2,000 new and pre-owned vehicles, plus the people that are going to be there to try and buy one of these vehicles, it's going to be a lot of cars. It's going to be hard to find a place to park. They're going to handle that situation for you. Uh, at Carl Chevrolet, they'll have over 20 dealers and wholesalers that are top rated and have been handpicked because of their expertise to get you the best possible price for your current trade towards a new Chevrolet or certified pre-owned vehicle. Plus, if you're in Stewart, they're going to be able to work with all of the wholesalers in Ankeny on your trade. They will have extra staff on hand the entire day from valet, finance, detail, sales, accessories, etc. They just want to make the process as easy as possible on every consumer that they have that comes onto their lot uh, on June 8th for the one price, one one day, one price sale. And then, of course, they will do what it takes to make your buying process simple and smooth to get you into your new car on Saturday. In addition to that, another reminder that we have uh, two of our most popular shirts that we've ever done here at Cyclone Fanatic, the Net Collector shirt in honor of the Big 12 Tournament Championships, the Our Linebacker Throws Better Than Your Quarterback shirt in honor of the great Joel Lanning, $10 right now on the Cyclone Fanatic team store, teamcloset.com slash Cyclone Fanatic. We're going to have a ton of new stuff here coming over the summer uh, in, addition to, in addition to those. And we got to open up some space for some more inventory so that we can make a lot of cool stuff for the 2019-2020 athletic seasons. Last but not least, if you like what we do here at Cyclone Fanatic, if you like these predictions that Brandon's about to give, or maybe even if you really hate these predictions and you want us to have a little bit more money in order to go and hire better interns, then become a patron on our Patreon account. You know, it doesn't matter if it's $5, $10, or however much that you are able to give. Uh, help us out and help keep our product free here at CycloneFanatic.com and help keep our content getting better and better. So that's, those are the things I needed to run through, just some house cleaning stuff. And now we uh, are going to hear how crazy Brandon is. What's up, man? So basically when I made these predictions, it, I mean, this all really branched off from the idea that I was sitting here that one day and we looked at the Athlon Sports magazine. And you it started talking to me about Louisiana Monroe. Exactly. Yeah. And you and Chris both gave me a look like, why'd we hire this guy? Yeah. Like, what is he talking about? And I think that's where I'm going to start. Okay. I'm going to start with the fact that I think, so it's week three. Week three. UL Monroe and Iowa State play. Yeah. Cupcake game. Is it? Correct. Yes, Is it, it is. a cup? No, no, it is. No, absolutely not. So obviously this is my first prediction. So I looked up like a projected spread because obviously it's too early to get yeah. any line on that. Um, it's looking like 18 points for Iowa State. I mean, I think UL Monroe will keep this game close, and I only see the Clones winning by like 10. By like, 10, okay. Uh, for reference, Athlon projects UL Monroe to finish third in the West Division of the Sun Belt and 5-7, and 4-4 four and four in Sun Belt play. And – they have the number three quarterback in the Sun Belt, the number nine running backs, the number nine wide receivers, the number four offensive line, five defensive line, six linebackers, and seven defensive backs. So what is it about the UL Monroe Warhawks that have you feeling so confident? Well, the way I look at it is like this. 
Caleb Evans is a legit playmaker. First off, that's their quarterback. Um, last season, he finished with 2,800 yards and 16 touchdowns through the air, along with 632 and 10 touchdowns on the ground. He's only seven rushing touchdowns, or no, yeah, seven rushing touchdowns away from being UL Monroe's all-time rushing record, and he has an outside chance to become UL Monroe's all-time leading passer. So the guy's legit. Like, I mean, like you said, they're ranked third at that position, so he's definitely a guy that's going to carry them. Plus, all five linemen back, that's some experience. Again, some bell linemen compared to the big R front seven will be an interesting matchup, to say the least, but... Yeah, uh, UL Monroe ranked fifth or sixth in total defense last year, tenth in passing defense, uh... Fifth in rushing defense and sixth in scoring defense. They gave up 31.8 points per game. Oh, yeah. That's, that's in the Sun Belt. Absolutely. And the, something that I would say is this game will be high scoring. I know that's weird to say because Iowa State's defense is absolutely loaded, which I will get to in a minute. But Iowa State has a history of starting slow against lesser opponents in the Campbell area era. Excuse me. So you have Akron and Iowa State. That game was 10 to 17 at halftime. You have Drake versus Iowa State, which I, the weather was horrible, but for the sake of argument, 14 to 20 at halftime. 2017, you and I, it was 7 to 0 at the end of the first. 2016, we lost to you and I, 25 to 20. Okay, but let's not use 2016 as any sort of a reference no, because that was in no way the that was in no way what this program is now. Absolutely, but I'm just saying. It's something to look at as far as because, I mean, for the most part, the coaching staff, it's still Campbell's era. Yeah, and I agree the yeah, teams are yeah, different. Yeah, I will never yeah. try to say oh, they're the same as 2016. But it is something to kind of look at. But I think it's more fair to look at the Akron, Drake, even 2017 teams. Even in 2016, didn't they beat the crap out of San Jose State? Oh, they absolutely murdered them, which yeah. obviously so why that's would I the same, say a counter? Yeah, yeah okay. Mm-hmm. So that's, that, that's a pretty solid counter to what you're saying. In both, okay, against Akron, they didn't exactly try to – Run the score up on No, them. no, absolutely. But, I mean, I was at that Akron game, and I don't know. There was I, a lot going on that day. There was a whole lot going that's, on that that's game. That's that is That's yeah. an also a factor is there was a lot of off the field. Like, there was, it was a big day. So, I understand where you're coming from there. So, another Iowa State. So, you, so okay, let's get this prediction down, nailed down. You, you think that you all Monroe will keep it within 10? Yes. That's your final prediction. Final prediction. Write it down. I want you to write it down. Anyone who's listening, I want you also to write it down. When this happens, I'm going to look like a genius. So even that Akron game, like, they didn't keep it within 10. No, but I think UL Monroe's offense is a heck of a lot better than Akron. But wasn't Akron's defense pretty good? They had, like, the best defensive line in the MAC. A couple guys, I think, that went to the – Yes and no. That were NFL-type guys. But the fact that the matter is is – I'm going to write these down right here. Get my legal pad out. All right. So, my you, yeah, UL, UL Monroe will Monroe. keep this game within 10 points against the Clones. Within 10. All right, that's one. All right, give me, next, give me your next one. Okay, this one's for Iowa State. Well, Michael Petway will go over 1,000 yards receiving. I tweeted about this. I had some – not no one really, like, pushed back on it at all. It was it showed some love for the prediction – uh, Michael Petway himself favored it. Love that. You know, he's seeing it. Okay, so here's uh, – I've got the season records for Iowa State here. Mm-hmm. Uh, there has been five receivers in school history that have gone over 1,000 yards mm-hmm. for Iowa State. Uh, one of them is Alan Lazard in 2016. The other, another one is Hakeem Butler last year. So I will give you that two of them happened in the Campbell era. Uh, Lazard had 941 yards in 2017. Todd Blythe hit exactly 1,000 yards in 2005. Tracy Henderson did it in 1983, and Lane Danielson did it in 2002. So, like I said, you're going to throw a guy out there who has never played a down of football for Iowa State to say he's going to go over 1,000 yards and be the sixth guy in the what, how many year history of Iowa State football? Uh, I think it's 100 in the almost exactly one or no, 127-year history of Iowa State football. He will be the sixth guy to go over 1,000 yards. Okay, well, it's— And he's never played it down in football at Iowa State. Here's what I'll say. First off, it's the—I mean, how far are we going to look back? I mean, back then, they were playing with okay, no face fair. masks, leather helmets. Yeah. So, I like to look at—I mean, look at the last two years. And it's I'm still, not saying he's Alan Lazard or Hakeem Butler. I will yeah. never say that. But what I'm saying is this. The system's in place. So, basically, he was from Arkansas, right? Arkansas played three different quarterbacks last year. 
All three completed only 50% of their passes, and they combined to throw more picks than touchdowns. Okay. I would rather have you under center, Jared. <laughs> I mean, okay. and he led Arkansas in receiving last year. What, Granted, he had like 400-something yards? Yeah, it was like, yeah. It don't wasn't they play the great. air raid now? They, like, throw the ball around, they, don't they? I feel like they attempted to run the air raid That's what, last like, year. The, yeah, in theory, they are going to run the air raid yeah, eventually. Yeah, and I feel like eventually – well, you had Brett Bielema, and they pounded the crap out of the ball, like – and then they're still transitioning to that air raid system, but yeah. it was an air raid. They couldn't have a guy to throw the ball. But here's what I'm saying is this. You, you play in the SEC, a lot of those games – and this is not an SEC biased by any means, but a lot of those games are – similar to the Big Ten where they're going to run the ball down your throat. It's smash-mouth football. Petway's moving to a more offensive conference, which is fair to say. And I think with Purdy under center having a more consistent threat, I mean, look, the guy has the tools. I'm not saying he's huge. What is he, 6'2"? Yeah. I I would take Tariq Milton to get that number more before I think I would take Michael Petway. Side bet? Okay, we can take a side bet, yeah. I think Tariq Milton will have more receiving yards than Michael Petway. Write that down. I want that side bet in ink. So you're you're taking Milton over Petway from a yard standpoint. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. But look at it like this. When – But here, let me give you my reasoning for that. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Uh, Tariq Milton and Brock Purdy have a full season of playing with each other. Plus, they have the spring. Michael Petway isn't even a names today, yes. as far as I know. He maybe is is there now, but he like just got here. Mm-hmm. So, Michael Petway and Brock Purdy probably hardly know each other if they know each other at all. Michael Petway does not know Iowa State's system. He has not been through a spring ball. He has not done really anything in, involved with Iowa State except for put a jersey on and tweet out some pictures. So, right now. What is there? Like, I I don't. That's that's why I say I would take Tariq Milton in that bet over Lamichael Petway, because Lamichael Petway has never done anything in his previous stop that really truly makes me think, man, this guy is a bona fide one thousand yard receiver, bar none, just because he changed schools. Well, and and that's a fair point. But the thing is, I look at it like if this. he's a one thousand yard receiver, Lamichael Petway will go to will play in the NFL. That's my that's my thing. That's. But there's been so many other 1,000-yard receivers that don't do anything in the NFL, though. But he's got way better tools to go play in the NFL than what some of those other guys do. <sighs> sure. Okay, so look at it like this. The guy picked – so originally coming out of high school, Michael Petway was recruited heavily down south, obviously. Yeah. Schools that offer him were Bama, Old Miss, Nebraska. Okay. Obviously committed to Arkansas over Bama. Don't. Don't understand that completely, but that's fine. Well, would you rather go I guess uh, it's to Arkansas time. and be the, the guy, or would you rather go Could sit have... behind whatever his name, Jarrett Judy or whatever, yep. the guy who's going to be like the best receiver Jared in the Judy, country? Jarrett Judy, Henry yeah. Ruggs, yeah, yeah, the whole lineup. Yeah, yeah. And I, I get that from a playing time standpoint, but that means that those schools obviously saw value in him. I mean, that's fair to say. You're not going to – those are big-name programs. You're not going to recruit a guy that you don't have any faith in, you know? And Petway, I mean, he has speed, ran a 4-4. I think it was like a four four seven to be exact. Okay. So I think I he, hope you're right. I hope no, you're right. obviously we yeah. both we both want production yeah. here. I mean, yeah. I hope your side bet's right to to an extent. Yeah. I just feel. I mean, granted, these are bold predictions, but I feel as if Petway has all the tools, and you're right. It's a matter of building a rep report with. Yeah, rep report. Yeah. yeah, rep report. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, I'll just leave it at that. Is I okay. think he has the tools, but it's when, all gonna matter when he's right. Goes. I'll be. I'll be right there saying that you were the original LaMichael Petway stand. I will admit it. All right. All right. If Milton goes over 1,000, I'll just never show up to the office again. Okay. That's well, no, don't do that because we need you to <laughs> keep working. But uh, all right. What do you got next? Okay. So I have Iowa State making the Big 12 title game. Okay. Now, this will connect to another prediction. These all sort of connect, but kind of not. Okay. So I see it as Texas versus Iowa State. Yeah. And the Big 12. Um, I think Oklahoma's going to drop a game to Houston week one. Okay. Which so, will lead, that will lead to my next prediction I'll talk about. Okay. So uh, I think we will beat okay, Texas. Okay, but if, if Oklahoma loses in week one, what does that have to do with that? They could go on. No, no, yeah, exactly. Conference play. play. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's what I'm getting at. And they're still going to make the championship. So I have Texas beating Oklahoma. Okay. And I have Iowa State beating Oklahoma. Okay. And it's in Norman. Absolutely. Yes. Okay. And I just think, I think we'll beat Texas in the regular season. 
So that would give us a tiebreaker. But so you have them both. You have them beating Oklahoma and Texas. Yeah, I have, this is a piping hot take. I want this to be I was to be just going to say. Because the odds of that are not likely at all. And I would almost go back and say that I think it's more likely Iowa State probably beats Oklahoma and Norman than Texas. I'm going back to the creation of the Big 12. Uh so in the creation of the Big 12, Iowa State has beat Oklahoma one time. Mm-hmm. They've beat Texas. Okay, I'll just say it like this. They've never beat Oklahoma and Texas, and Texas in, in the, the same, same year. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I'll, I'll back up a bit, and I'll say that I think it's more – I just – I don't know. I just feel like Oklahoma this year, there's so much hype about Hurts, but he doesn't exactly fit that offensive scheme. He's different. He's a different kind of quarterback. But you got to admit, he was a lot better – when he came back after uh, when he played in the SEC championship game. Yes. The, but what we did see from him was not the same guy that we saw no, the year before. And I think there's going to be some growing pains with that, obviously. But, I mean, when he played in the SEC championship game, how did he beat him? By all running on, the ball. All on his legs. Yeah. But he threw the ball better. He yeah. threw what he complete, like 75% of his passes? Yeah, and I think – yeah, that's fair. That's a fair counter argument. But I, I just, think he's gotten better. You know. I think he has gotten better, but until we see it, yeah. you know, there's something to be said for that. I would have said the same thing about Kyler Murray, though. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I said at some point, I'd have to go back and look. I'm pretty sure I said at some point on this very podcast, I said something about I don't believe in Kyler Murray until I see it. And then he came to Ames in week two and was yeah, like, and, <laughs> and looked like the best player I've ever seen in Jack Trice Stadium. So I was like, Okay, yeah, I'm all in on Kyler Murray now. I I can I get it. Mhm. Well, I mean, he also had I don't I don't know if Hurts has a baseball background no, at all, but no. I mean, part of that, you know, Kyler Murray could. Throw. They also play that game in what week? They play them back to back, don't they? Iowa State. Yeah. Play I think so. Oklahoma and Texas back to back. So yeah, I mean, I'll I'll back up. I don't want to get too bold. They and do. Then they're, lose. They're yeah. Oh, November seventh at or November 9th at Oklahoma and November sixteenth home against Texas back-to-back weeks yeah I'll back up and say they're gonna get one of them I'll just say that that would be insane if, if, they, if happened, they beat both of them I don't know what we're gonna do if they did that then yeah that like, probably at that time both teams will be in the top 10 that my guess yeah back-to-back big top 10 top win. 10 wins yeah I'll back one up one of that. them being on the road in Norman a place Norman. that Iowa State's won twice Lights. in the last three decades yeah Absolutely. So, yeah, I'll back up and I'll say that they're going to get one of those games. But okay. at the end of the day, the final prediction is this. They'll Iowa State will be in the Big 12 title game. Big 12 title game. Okay, that's fair. So then this isn't exactly Iowa State oriented at all, but it kind of branches out there. I think Houston's going to run the table. You think Houston will go undefeated? Yep, in Holgerson's first season. Okay. I don't know anything about Houston football. So, essentially, well, they play in the American there's no defense in the American. The American and the Big 12 are very similar. They play, defense, Mar- play defense in the Big 12. A few teams. Yeah. Iowa State. Iowa State does. Texas. Any others that think about defense? or uh, Kansas State. Yeah. Yeah, they do. I guess so. I think Baylor plays pretty good defense now. Yeah, I was going to say now. It's like not, not historically, but... All right, so, so Houston. I'm trying to find Houston's schedule here. Okay. Outside of Oklahoma, what I mean, they don't. No, they they play a tough non. Crazy, they right? play a tough non-con. Do they? They do. So they. Okay, here we go. They play Oklahoma. They play some sort of cupcake school, I th- I believe, and then they'll play Washington State. Washington State, obviously, we know they're a solid program, but, but they also have to replace. Uh. Uh. uh Gardner Minshew. Yeah, so, so, I mean, yeah. there is some questions at the quarterback, but Washington State has a legit defense. I don't think they lose too much from them. I mean, I haven't looked into it completely, but mm-hmm. Derek King is the main reason I'm behind this prediction. Okay. That's, like, my driving point. I mean, the guy's an absolute stud. I think Oklahoma week one, like I said, I think Oklahoma's going to drop that game against Houston. I think it's going to be, I'm not kidding you, like 56 to 50. Like, it's going to be extremely high scoring. Houston returns... All three of their returning receivers, I believe. Yeah, Yeah, they're loaded at the receiver position. And I believe Texas running back Porter transferred to Houston. I could be wrong. Kyle Porter, yeah. Kyle Porter transferred. So they have talent at the running back position. Mm -hmm. And Derek King, he's one of those guys where he can make anything. Like, he's going to take it to Oklahoma. Okay. 
So I will say Houston's going to run the table purely on if De'Ara King stays healthy that whole season. They win in Norman. Then they have to go to Washington State and win, which will be tough. But Washington State also has to replace their quarterback. So I think there's a chance. And then UCF's the only game, other game that I see being an issue. That game actually is in Houston, the Washington State game. Really? Yeah, it's in NRG Stadium. So where the Texans play. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'll take it. Mm-hmm. You'll bite on that one a little bit. I'll believe it. Do you know what their over-under is in Vegas? I think they have them at – they have them, like, finishing second on their side. I think I want to – I want to say they're either projected to go eight and four or nine and three. Yeah, they actually have. Uh, they have Memphis. Athlon has has uh, Memphis winning the no winning the, the West Division. Now Memphis is loaded too, but but they lost Daryl Henderson. They lost Daryl Henderson, Tony Pollard. I mean, they have Patrick Taylor coming back. They have Demonte Coxie. They have Brady White under center. But I just didn't Brady White go to like Princeton or something? He transferred, so I know, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure he transferred from Arizona State to Memphis. But I feel like he might have stopped somewhere before that. For some reason, I thought that he was the guy that went to to Princeton or something. I don't know. All right, there we go, Houston. Mm -hmm. Houston will run the table. Okay, sounds good. So when they lose to Oklahoma in week one, we can cross that off. Absolutely. Yeah, okay. See, I I sprinkle them in, you know. We're going to see me fall off right away or we're going to see come true. Okay. Um, let's see. Another one. We'll just go back to the Iowa State. Um, I think Purdy will be in the hunt for the Big 12 Offensive Player of the Year. In the hunt. Now I'm not going to go out and say he's going to win it because yeah. there's a ton of talent in the Big 12. But I think he'll be at least in the conversation. Okay. So, to me, mm-hmm. uh, Sam Ellinger. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Is the uh, probably the favorite is the, the I think the far and away favorite probably mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Uh, I was thinking about this yesterday I would be hard pressed to think of anybody else that I would even really put in that conversation at this point outside of maybe Jalen Hurts and that's based purely on the way that they have that things have gone for that team the last several years uh, I think you could maybe say Puka Williams if he can keep himself out of trouble, trouble. Uh, Jalen Rager, C.D. Lamb, I think that they would probably all have a case, but I would think that Jalen Hurts would probably get it before C.D. Lamb would. Yeah, I'd agree. You're probably more likely to give – I feel like you're more likely to give it to the quarterback position than yeah. a so skill position. That's, that's where I get back to the same thing that it – to me right now, it would take something pretty – insane for Sam Ellinger not to win that award. They'd have to fall apart. And yeah. then the, therefore my predictions fall apart. Therefore yeah. the worst intern in CF history. But my reasoning behind this prediction was like, so he has a year under his belt. And I think for any player, especially at the quarterback position, having a year in a system can't be overlooked. But now there's also a year of tape on him. I know that's the flip side, but yeah. a lot, a lot of what Purdy did last year is I think this happens with age and I hope to see it more this fall, is he would go through his progressions. He'd one guy, sometimes two. But if this third guy never got really read, mm-hmm. then he was on the run, you know? But that's what I like about him is he can kind of make that, those plays. But so obviously Tom Manning, um, when he was here and then, you know, went back, came back. But um, ISU averaged 421 yards of total offense in 2016. Yeah. I grant. I don't want to compare teams because obviously rosters are different. But that's like the fourth best clip in the ISU record book. I mean, you got the book right there. Um, and then he basically Manning established two of the best passing offenses in the history of the program. Keep I mean, in mind that they could not run at all last in, year. Those two years, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was horrendous. You had to really. You really were forced into throwing the football. Yep. And. In 2016, basically, the way I look at it, yeah, they, hold on, the passing offenses, so it was 272.9 in 2017, 258.8 in 2016, but you're right, we cannot run the ball yeah. at all. And, so, in, and in 2017, you throw for 272.9 yards per game, you had arguably the two res- best receivers in school history. Butler and Liz- exactly. Yeah. No, I agree, and it's hard to compare rosters, but... You also – so basically in 2016, the last three games, ISU's offense was absolutely nuts. And now I, d- I don't expect us to pick up from there being 2016. It's 2018 now. Yeah, Obviously, Ross 2019 2019. Jeez. Yeah, yeah. I'm falling apart. But I just think during those t- stretches, there was some uncertainty at quarterback. Yeah. 
Is that fair? I mean, there was Park at QB. We had Joel Wanning running the ball. Yeah. Which I'm not saying was a bad thing, but I'm saying it's not yeah. traditional. No, yeah, for sure. So I think with another year under Bell, I think Purdy's numbers will improve to an extent. And it, the, what it comes down to is this. Purdy's numbers will improve. Yeah. How much? We don't know. But they will improve. And if Iowa State wins, again, as I boldly projected them to make the Big 12 title game, I mean, they're projected to finish third. Yeah. So it's not that That's no, not that crazy, no. So, I mean, if Iowa State gets wins those games and Purdy's numbers take at least as – I mean, his numbers weren't bad last year. So let me ask you another question. If if this happens, does Brock Purdy break the record for passing touchdowns in a season? What's it at right now? 20. In a season? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Does he become the first quarterback in over a decade to start all 12 games for Iowa State? Gosh, I feel like I'm going to get, like, bad juju if I say yes. Like, I'm just I feel saying, like I'm going to jinx it. If, if that's what you're going to say, then that's kind of what yeah, we're going to happen. Yeah, that's health, what has to happen. Health's a factor. Yeah, I'll, I'll say that. I, I don't see anyone just taking it from him. Okay. I feel like something horrible, knock on, you know, knock on wood. But, yeah, I think he'll start the whole season. Okay. I think he will, too. I mean, assuming that he doesn't get hurt. That's, yeah, that's, that's literally that's what's going to come down to. Yeah, I, don't, yeah. I don't see another guy right. that's taking the, it from him. That's the assumption. All right. What do you got next? So you're going to like this next one, and I think you'll actually back me on this one a little bit. Okay. And it's not that bold, but it's kind of bold. Jaquan Bailey will win the Big 12 Defensive Player of the Year. I, like I heard the one. hype train yeah. between you and Fitzy about it. I mean, he's trending absolutely in the right direction. Audible mentioned 2017, second team 2018. Like, the defense is pretty much returning everything. So when you're an OC, you can't really... The only thing that I'll say with him... Is that unless he's going to go and make a bunch of – he's going to have really good sack numbers. Yeah, that's it because his tackle numbers right. aren't. Then his – he it's it's going to be tough for him to do that. I'm, I'd, I'd put Greg Eisworth just as – Just as, as high because he has the tackles. Just as high in there, yeah. yeah. So but, no, I like I like the sentiment. I, I like where you're coming from because I do think that Jaquan has a chance to be a double-digit sacks guy. That's what, That was actually my question for you is how many sacks do you think he finishes with? He had eight last year. Right? Yeah. Let's eight see if your number is close to my number. Eight last year he had, uh, I think he had seven or something the year before that. I'm looking. He had seven in 2017. Eight. And then he had uh, four or five in. He had, he had three and a half as a freshman. Okay. So... I want to I'll put him at 10. Okay. 10. I, I went Boulder. I went 12, which is a lot. I'm not a guy that's going to be like, oh, yeah, he'll for sure get 12. But that was like kind of the counter, like, yeah. part yeah. B of the prediction. It's yeah. like, I mean, that's one sack a game considering regular season play. So Iowa State's for sure going to play 12 games. More than likely, we'll play 13. Mm-hmm. If I'm feeling good, they'll play 14. Right. Right. I mean, 12's high, but I don't think it's completely. Completely reckless. You also have to remember, though, too, that that award will come out right after the regular season. I know. That's so he'll, have to so have, literally he'll probably have to have his 12 right after the regular season. Literally. Who won the award last year? Do you know? It was uh, David Long, I thought, of West Virginia. Okay. Yeah, linebacker. But his stats were nuts. Yeah. Kenneth Murray had 155 tackles last year for Oklahoma. You know that, right? No. My. And he didn't win it? No. What? Jeez. 155 so many. Yeah. But does that include... That's more than 10 tackles per game. That's well more than 10 tackles per game. Yeah, it's but like I feel, 12 like, tackles I feel like that's – you said Oklahoma. Yeah, he's from yeah. Oklahoma. Well, yeah. I feel 13, like that's also – 13 tackles a game. That's also playing into the fact that Oklahoma's offense oh, was out of control. Oh, their defense was really bad too. Their defense was really bad, but their defense also couldn't get off the field because Oklahoma would score in three plays. Right. No, you're right. That's why he didn't win though, but that's, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. One hundred. He – if that defense can be any better, which it, I think they probably will, will be with Alex so. Grinch, mm-hmm. then his tackle numbers sh- his, his should go down. Should go down, but then they'll also point at him as being one of the reasons that that defense is so much better. So then, if Oklahoma is in first or second in the league, they'll say, "Yeah, Kenneth Murray is the Big Twelve Defensive Player of the Year." Yeah, man, I would love to see twelve sacks. You know how sweet that'd be. Yeah, that'd be awesome. He would shatter the single season record at Iowa State. Basically you're calling for lots of records breaking. I'm just I don't know. I'm you said bold predictions. No, you're like, right. Let's you're get right. weird with it. You're you right. Know? Let's get weird. No, that's fine. I like that. That's a good prediction. That's a good one. All right, what's what do you got now? 
So I got. We've got six down. Six down. I have Texas making the playoff. Okay. Because I have them beating Iowa State in the championship. So uh, they're going to be one loss or undefeated? Has to be. I mean, you're not going to get into the playoff with two losses. I mean, it hasn't happened. It hasn't happened yet. Yeah. Two loss team getting in. Who? Uh, in it. Who, who are the most likely options here to beat them? Obviously LSU. Yep. I literally LSU OU. OU. And then possibly Iowa, Iowa State. State. Yeah. Yeah. So like I said, like I, I think Iowa State gets one of those games. Okay. For sure. But I think LSU week two, I believe, is going to be a huge turning point to actually prove – it's going to be a litmus test to determine if Texas is a legitimate – Championship like, actually contender. Actually back, you yeah. know. If they go – LSU I, should be pretty good, right? And it, Yeah, LSU, sh- they return a lot. They're running backs. They have Edward Tolaire back. in the country preseason. Yeah. Joe Burrow's back, I believe, at quarterback. Like, they have stability for once. And they said they're going to run more of a spread offense. Now, do I buy that coming out of LSU? Absolutely not. Yeah. But, I mean, if they make strides to run a more spread offense, that'd be good. But I think – No, it, I like your Texas to the CFP one. That's good. Um, That's a good pick. Yeah, I mean, it's it's bold. I mean, a lot of things got to fall Texas way, but is the LSU game neutral? Uh, no, it looks like it's – no, it looks like it's in Austin. See, then that, that proves my point. If And the thing is – I think that game will be good, and I think Texas will win close. But if Texas puts the haymaker on LSU, and I'm talking like two-touchdown win, it's going to turn – like people are already hyping Texas up. Clearly, I am right now, but that's going to turn some heads. And I think – yeah, I just think those wins, those games, and then if you have a Big 12 champion with one loss or undefeated, you have to give them a playoff spot. Yeah. As simple as that. I think – but in my opinion, if – Ellinger stays healthy. He had shoulder problems last year. But mainly, that's just a direct correlation from his playing style. If Ellinger stays healthy all the games, I like their odds. But if okay. he goes down... Yeah, things could get interesting. Things could get real interesting. Because uh, Bouchel transferred, didn't he? Yeah, he's at SMU now. Yeah. And he'll be he'll be legit in Sonny Dyke's system at SMU. I expect him to put up pretty good numbers. But So is there a backup quarterback, a true freshman? I believe so. I can't think of his name. Casey Thompson? Yeah, I think he is true. So, yeah, throw in if Ellinger goes down, throw in a true freshman quarterback in Big 12 play. No, I don't think he is. He he's must not be true? a red shirt because he's not listed on their recruits here. So, yeah, okay. All right, there we go. Yeah, so that one at least you can get behind kind of. Yeah, I can get behind. I can I can Some see your logic in a lot of these. Well, just not the UL Monroe one? Yeah, the UL Monroe one's the only one I'm where so you excited got me for lost. That game. You got me I, lost there. I'm so excited. You're going to get text updates per quarter. <laughs> okay. Right. Uh, one, well, I'll go with a little Big Ten here. I think Jonathan Taylor will run for over 2,500 yards. For Wisconsin? Yep. 2,500 yards. Yep. And he, there's a lot of numbers and things get weird, so stick with me here. Okay. So essentially the self, it's like literally now or never for Jonathan Taylor. Right? I mean, the shelf life on running backs... It's not very long. He's gone after this season. Right. Barring some horrible issue where his draft stock tanks. He's had three years in that system. Alex Hornibrook, their starting quarterback, transferred to Florida State. Good or bad? I don't know. He completed 59% of his passes. His touchdown-interception ratio is essentially even. 13 touchdowns, 11 picks. He ran for 2,100, almost 2,200, six yards away, 2,200 yards last season. And with better quarterback play, because they really like the guy they have going now. I believe it's Cone. Crone? Yeah, Jack Cone. Yep. They really like what he can do. Um, if he plays in 14 games like he did his freshman year and averages 168 yards per game. I thought everybody liked that freshman that they got. Mertz. For quarterback? Yeah, there's a lot. Of, he's touted, but I think it'll be Cone to start the season probably. Okay. But, yeah, if he – so last year he averaged 168 yards on the ground. And if he plays in 14 games like he did his freshman year, he would have ran for 2,362 yards. So doing rough not, – that's not that far off from my prediction of over 2,500. Plus, when you're breaking in a new quarterback, I'm not saying – Wisconsin already runs the ball a ton. But if you're breaking in a new quarterback, I think you're a little more likely to pound the ball a bunch. And I know they have to return some on the offensive line. I think they only have like two returning starters, maybe three, but – I just think the way their schedule sets up, too, like you have it pulled up over there, I think he's he's going to go over 2,500. 
I mean, you, again, wasn't that far off last year. And I know 2,500's a lot, but. That's, I don't know what. So he's seventh. I believe he, Jonathan Taylor's seventh all time with his last year's numbers. I believe. I don't want to be quoted on that, but. 2,500 has got to be close to the single season record. I think it puts him. That would put him. Fourth, third. Yeah, fourth. Yeah. In he, pretty, pretty illustrious company. Yeah. I mean, he's seventh right now, isn't he? Yeah, 2194 is seven. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. How many offensive linemen do they bring back? One. Is it one or two? It one. is one. Yeah, but that's the thing with, like, Wisconsin, though. It's not, that's not that big yeah. of a worry. They yeah. have guys. It's, just, it's an O-line system. So they're going to start about two that. sophomores on each or on the right side. So they're going to run the ball a lot to the left side. Yeah, <laughs> apparently. All right. I like it. Let's go. Okay. That's uh, eight. Two more, and then we'll take a break. Okay. Bama prediction here. Jerry Judy will have better numbers than Amari Cooper, but I want there to be, like, not from the reception standpoint because I think better numbers is a relative phrase. So I just want to say, like, I mean, Cooper had 124 receptions, 1,700 yards. Yeah, I know. It's stupid. And 16 touchdowns. He's not going to match those reception numbers. No way. Okay, but numbers and touchdowns? Yards 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 and touchdowns, yes. I'll buy into that. Okay. So Cooper had basically 1,700 yards. Jerry Judy went 68 1,300 yards last year and 14 touchdowns. Obviously not going to get the receptions, but I think... That's a crazy number. 124? Yeah, that's insane. That is absolutely insane. It's probably similar to the numbers Petway is going to put up. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm kidding. Please yeah. for, do not write that down. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, I think he'll get the TDs and yards. I mean, he only needs 20 more receptions, which I'm not going to say that's an easy task, but a lot of the time Bama... They only played a half with their starters. Yeah. And I'm sure more of the same this year. But, I mean, he would only need 20 more, 22 more receptions if he averaged the same 19.3 average per catch, which is a lot. That's a good number to be Cooper's numbers. I mean, you have two another year, even more solid. And defenses can't just focus on Jerry Judy. There's way too many weapons in that offense. So you can't pull someone else to come double. I mean, you can, but then they're just going to hurt you everywhere else. So, yeah. I think Judy's... Res- Receiving yards and touchdowns will beat Cooper's. No way he touches the reception, so. Okay. All right. I'm going to put that down. All right. There we go. Okay. And then this last one before we take a break will be – oh, this one's going to be interesting. You're going to argue with me. Nebraska will win the Big Ten. Win the Big Ten? Win. Hold on. Not, Stick with not me. Not the West? Or no, they'll go – well, obviously. No, I'm saying the, I know. The, they'll win the whole league. Do I want to say yes to this? No. But do I want to? Kind of. So I know they'll win the West. Okay. You'll, you, okay. I have faith that they'll win the West, which isn't that outlandish. Now, do no. I want to take them winning the whole Big Ten over OSH, Ohio State, or Michigan? Kind of, but not really. Oh, man, Jared, you're going to put me in a corner here. Do you're I, talking yourself out of it. Just I am, hey, stand by your take. Stand by your take. Let me hear it. Let me hear it. Back okay, it up. The way I look at it is like this. Okay. Comparing Scott Frost's first year and his second year is something statistically that's insane. So you take Mackenzie Milton, legit guy. It's really sad what happened to him, obviously, but he's legitimate. So in mm-hmm. Mackenzie Milton's first year as quarterback, threw for 1,900 yards, um, 10 touchdowns, 7 picks, 57% completed passes. First year, not good. Second year, 4,000 yards passing, 67% of his passes completed, 37 touchdowns and 9 picks, while also running for 600 yards, and I'm not sure on the touch on him, but also ran for 600 yards. So where am I going? Martinez's first year. Adrian so, Martinez. Adrian Martinez, yep. Um, 64% of his passes completed, 2,600 yards, 17 touchdowns, 8 picks. Martinez also ran for 600 yards in year one under the Scott Frost system. Um, UCF averaged 28.8 points a game in year, year one under Frost. 48.2 in year two. Huge jump. Nebraska, 30 points in year one. Now, I'm not saying they're going to jump up because the conferences are a lot different. Yeah. But Nebraska's schedule sets up nicely. They have Ohio State at home, Wisconsin at home, and Iowa at home. Probably some of their more challenging games that they're going to play on the schedule. So that's just my reasoning is I think Martinez is going to take a huge step forward. I mean, the numbers don't lie. I am not. I don't know if Adrian Martinez and Mackenzie Milton are the same. I mean... Their stats are very comparable. Their mm-hmm. playing styles are very comparable. Mm-hmm. So I could see, man, I don't know if I want to commit to them being Big Ten champions, but I will for sure say they'll win the West. I'll give you the West. 
you don't want to give me the champion, and I don't blame you because I don't want to give myself the big that burden of being okay. go Nebraska the whole time. Yeah. Uh, no, I think they can win the West too. Mm-hmm. They'll have a good chance. The schedule is favorable. Mm-hmm. Uh, Here's my concern for them right now is the running back spot. Yeah. So they have Diedrich Mills. So, okay, Washington probably will get booted off the team, I would guess. This. I'm interested to see what happens after yes, this, absolutely. Latest, this latest situation. <laughs> Situation's a good way to put yeah, it. Yeah. So I'm interested to see what happens. What they have a running back is Diedrich Mills. Yeah, Diedrich so, Mills, junior yep. college kid. Junior college. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure before he went junior college, I thought he played at Georgia Tech. He did. Ran for over 1,000 yards at at Georgia Tech. Exactly. So, when Juco, things didn't work out at Georgia Tech. When Juco lands, obviously Frost likes the kid. If he's willing to take him in there. With Washington out of the picture, I think it's Mills' backfield for the most part. And and we will say, too, that it, as of right now today, Maurice Washington is still on the on team. On the team. Yeah, he is still on the team, but he also just got him arrested. Got in trouble again. Yeah. Yeah, after he'd already been in trouble once. Yeah, so I guess that's a whole disciplinary. But either way, I mean, let's say they don't kick him off the team. Okay. Their backfield is an ACC, an old ACC running back mm-hmm. and Washington. Both, I mean, that's that's a pretty solid tandem in the backfield with Martinez. But the only thing I worry about is just Martinez, if he can stay healthy. Yeah. Here, and that, that plays into my concern. Brennan Hymies is your returning left tackle. He was fine. Uh, Matt Farniak is your, your returning right tackle, obviously the Farniak name. We know that. He was okay as a, as a sophomore. Both those guys are juniors. Trent Hickson is a walk-on uh, sophomore who will be sliding in at left guard. John Raritan, the uh, Valley product, mm-hmm. he's probably going to be his backup. That will be kind of a battle here over the next couple months. Uh, Bo Wilson is a – is expected to be the right guard. The other Farniak is kind of is a redshirt freshman. He'll be kind of battling with him. Their center, his name's Cam Jurgens. He's from Beatrice. He was a tight end last year, and now he's going to just be slated as the starting center in the Big Ten. In the so Big Ten, there's so two, that's that's where I'm kind of the line's a little yeah, shaky. I, I have some questions about whether or not that offensive line is going to be good enough to for hold them up, to, to give Martinez to time yeah. to actually. Their defense should be should be should be considerably better than it was a year ago. Yeah. I agree, that is, I agree with that. And, like, from a statistical standpoint, I don't think, though, I mean, you got to keep in mind, US, UCF, when Frost was there, they played in the American. They still do. Mm-hmm. So the drastic jump in numbers is way more likely in a conference that is a little more offensive-oriented versus the Big Ten. Do I expect a jump? Yes. Do I expect that big of a jump? No. Okay. But, uh, yeah, I'll say Nebraska will win the West. I mean, I can't – I don't know if I can back them winning it at all, honestly. Okay. I want to – but I just can't. Yeah. Okay. We'll be right back in the Carl Chevrolet studios with more of Brandon's predictions. Hey, guys. It's Chris interrupting this podcast because, you know, everybody wants to know that I get it asked all the time. How can we help Cyclone Fanatic? Well, you help Cyclone Fanatic by you support our advertisers. And everybody needs to be aware of eye care. I wasn't for a long time. And I went to... Ames Eye Care, and they really helped me out. It's changed my life. I don't have headaches the way that I did. You've heard me talk about this. They're also in Des Moines at Des Moines Eye Care, and you need to think about this with your family. Get the kids checked out. Encourage the wife, anything. Personalized eye care, designer eyewear. I've got these sweet Maui gym glasses that I use at work all the time. People think they look awesome. They meet your whole family's vision needs at Ames and Des Moines Eye Care. Check them out today and support Cyclone Fanatic. Welcome back to the Carl Chevrolet Studios. All right, let's go. Number 11. Okay. So, I don't know. This one kind of plays into the Texas narrative I'm on. I think Ellinger will be in New York for sure, and I almost want to say he'll win the Heisman. Okay. I'm on the Super Sam hype train. So you're going to say he would beat Tua or Trevor Lawrence? So you, I, I think is that your three guys? The only way, guys? Yeah, those, are, uh, yeah, those yeah. are definitely the three guys. And the only way this happens is if Texas wins the Big 12 and they're in that playoff yeah. conversation. Yeah. I just His numbers were awesome last year. The touchdown numbers were phenomenal. I think he threw for 25 and then he ran for 16. Yeah. I but, mean, I know Chris is on this same train, so you're not – you're definitely not throwing anything crazy out there. Okay, good. It's, it's good to know Chris is, you know, supporting the Texas hype train. But, yeah. I mean, he ran for 40. Well, he is a Tom Herman guy. He loves Tom Herman, so. Chris loves him some Tom Herman. Yeah, Tom Herman's like his best friend. I'm just kidding. That's not true. But Don't quote us. <laughs> no, he, no, he really does like Tom Herman. Yeah, I think 
I mean, that's 41 touchdowns last year. I mean, he completed 64%. And now, don't get me wrong, he's, I mean, yeah, 41 combined, ground and air. But he is going to lose Jordan Humphrey, which is a big loss. Lil Jordan Humphrey. Yeah, Lil Jordan Humphrey. Thank you. (laughs) Um, I think. Please get that accurately. Lil Jordan Humphrey. Lil Jordan, yeah. Okay, so I think, yeah, that's a huge loss. That can't be understated. But he still has got Colin Johnson, who's like 6'6", just a beast on the outside. I expect his production to go up. And when I was going through these, started to kind of formulate these, they had Bruno McCoy. Mm-hmm. Now they don't. They do not now. They do not now. Yeah. So that kind of changes everything. But, I mean, he has talent around him. Ingram is a stud in that backfield. I think – and it all comes down to Ellinger, in my opinion, has like the Tebow-esque feel to him. Yeah. I'm not saying he's Tim Tebow because Tim Tebow was insane. But he kind of has that – dirty gritty type of player to him like he will like instead of sliding for the first down he will lower his shoulder to see how many people he can take with him right and i think i mean again that's a health factor but yeah i mean he'll carry them this whole season i think texas has to lean on him this entire season which is going to lead to a jump in numbers okay all right what do you got next no this one's you ready for this one yeah i'm ready you're gonna hit me with it Kansas will win six games. Okay. Yes. Let's go. Okay. Are you ready? I, no, I see. I'm not as ready anymore. Yeah, I rattled you. I'm glad I rattled you. That was that's just like it's, no. It's they're bold predictions. You know, okay. it's not yeah. like okay. it's not like I'm gonna. Okay. Yeah. 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 So they have Indiana State. Uh huh. Okay. Win. There's a win. Coastal Carolina win. Okay. They, yeah. They should, should win that one. Should. I know these are bold, but games I think they can win and have some sort of chance. Tech. Okay, what about at Boston College? A.J. Dillon's a beast, man. Okay, that, one's, so no. that one could be in the conversation, but I doubt it. Okay, so we're at two? Two. Uh, tech? Not, I have Tech, then being Tech, or TCU, and that will lead to my other TCU prediction. Okay. There's a lot of questions at TCU. So you said one of them. One of them, or, yeah, Texas Tech or TCU. K-State, okay. questions. Okay. Baylor, who is improving and on the rise, but I think they could tough it out. And then... I have a lot of questions with West Virginia. That's my last one. Okay. That's fine. People are transferring out of West Virginia left and right. Yeah. So, which makes me think, what's going on? You yeah. know? So, there's the six wins. You have Indiana State, Coastal Carolina, Tech or TCU, K-State, Baylor, West Virginia. Now, I'm not saying they're going to for sure win this, but if we're going to throw something crazy out there. I think you, would have, you will have had everybody on your side up until you just said Kansas will be bowl eligible. I know. I know I did. Everyone was rooting for me, and now they're just like, God, I Now they're just kid. like, man, this kid's an idiot. This kid's an idiot. Why did they even employ him here? Yeah. You guys gave him a headset to just speak freely? So here's how I look at it like this. What would happen? Probably not. Yeah. But Miles, I mean, less Miles But signed, if, if it does, then you're going to look really smart. I'm going to look insane. Yeah. Okay. That's so fair. Miles signed the top Juco pro-style quarterback and Thomas McAvity. He has the number one Juco pro-style quarterback. Remember when Les Miles said, said he was going to like run a different uh, – Kind of system. And then he instantly signs a pro-style quarterback? Yeah, from a junior college. Nice. Les Miles. Yeah, sounds like very Les Miles things. Do you know Les Miles also had Rick Ross come to their (laughs) practice? Yes, I know. That was actually my 100% reasoning. Just Rick Ross. (laughs) That's it. No, and they they return their DBs, most of their secondary, Mm -hmm. which uh, they weren't good, but they returned them. So, I mean, that's saying something. (laughs) They weren't any good, but they're coming back. So They're, They're coming back. So, hey. You know, what's up? But this is probably one of the most bold predictions I have. It's Kansas being bold. This is absolutely the absolutely. most bold one. Yeah, yeah, okay. And I think this will be the second one. This is another prediction, but it kind of just branches into the argument. I think if this should have an asterisk by it. If Puka Williams – You can't gonna, give me an if. It's got to be what's your prediction. I, know, then? Yeah. Yeah. I had Puka Williams will lead the Big 12 in rushing, but the problem is I don't know how many games he's going to miss. Yeah. You know? We can go by uh, He's not yards gonna. per game. Okay. That's a fair statement. So, basically, 10 out of the 16 – okay, first off, Les Miles, pro-style quarterback, this is where this is all coming. 10 out of the 16 years under Les Miles when he was at – was he at Oklahoma State first, wasn't he? Yeah. Oklahoma State, LSU. 10 out of the 16 years, they had a 1,000-yard rusher. Kansas has three linemen returning. Plus – he only has five toes. That has nothing to do with yardage, but I thought that was cool. I was doing research, and I did not know Puka Williams only had five toes. Wait, 
Does he have a club foot or something? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. So when he was nine, I was gonna say wait, I went down. A, I went down a weird rabbit hole. Okay. Yeah. So when he was nine, apparently, I think it was him and his cousin were mowing, and there was just a mowing accident. And now I don't know if it's a club. Like I've never seen a picture, but it says he only has five toes on one foot. And, and he one to- and one foot doesn't have any toes at all. As far as that's what I interpreted from the article. Who knows what's like how it actually looks, but. And I'm pretty sure he's the Big 12's leading rusher coming back, returning. Probably. Yeah. I mean, yards. So, I mean, that one isn't that outlandish, but, again, there's a lot of questions behind it. I mean, how's Kansas? Just, I well, am honestly just really impressed that you were able to – yeah, he is the Big 12's leading returning rusher. That you were able to come up with this fact about him only having five toes. That's really – it's really something else. I have to use that to just get people back on my side, even <laughs> though I'm still on the Kansas hype train. Okay. All right. That, so that's, uh, that's what, 13? Yep. Okay, 13. This one, 14. Okay, this one's really bold. I mean, kind of. You just – I don't I think you can get any bolder. Than that You've one, already, yeah. You already it's, just said that I'm Kansas will win as many games as they've won in, like, the last three years combined. Yes. Yeah. Less okay. miles. I'm on the hype train. Okay. Okay. Tylen Wallace will lead the country in receiving yards. That's uh, Oklahoma State's Tylen Wallace. Yep. 86, basically 1,500 yards, 12 touchdowns last year. I think, obviously, they got to replace some things. I mean, you have Justice Hill gone. Um, Do they uh, have a quarterback now? Yep. Uh, it's looking like either the Hawaii – I think he transferred from Hawaii. It was Drew Brown, and he's a senior, and they were looking at him. But then they signed Spencer Sanders. And right now it looks like being the highly recruit that Spencer Sanders was, it looks like he might get the nod. Okay. And if he gets the nod, and he's as good as everyone's hyping him up to be – why can't Wallace's numbers get bigger? I mean, Oklahoma State's not playing defense. We know this. Right. Like, they're going to just say, hey, let's see if we can outscore you. And Tylen Wallace, I mean, look at the jump he made from freshman year to last year. He had, like, two receptions for, like, 17 yards or something. Like, don't quote me on that. But to go from that to 86, 1,512, like, right. I I think he could lead the country in receiving yards. Okay. All right. I can see that logic, yeah. This one I struggled with, this next one. So, TCU has a quarterback problem. Yeah. I said, at some point, TCU will play four QBs by the end of the season. Play, not start, play. Because I almost said start, but I'm like, dang, that's aggressive. Okay. So, you have Alex Dalton. You have Mike Collins. You have Justin Rogers. You have... Louis um, Central's own Louis Max C- Duggan. Thank you. But then, here's the thing that I found interesting. So, there's four guys right there that probably could start. Like, they're legit all factors. And TCU just released their depth chart, or not just, maybe in the last week, and there was ores behind every one of their names. Haven't said a guy yet. And then you have Matthew Baldwin transfer from Ohio State. So you have five quarterbacks. Yeah, this is what I'm getting at, is the fact that TCU's, I think their AD, or someone said that they're submitting a waiver to gain immediate eligibility for Matthew Baldwin. Why? Probably because everybody sucks. Thank you, Jared. Yes. You have no faith in the other four quarterbacks that you're going to go get this guy eligible right away? Cause he can practice, can he? Without Yeah. Yeah, he can still practice. So you're going to go get a fifth quarterback to make that quarterback room even more crowded because you don't have any faith in those other four guys. That's, yeah. that's the, what I'm thinking. I mean, I know Max is young, but you have Alex Dillon who transferred in from K-State. You would think – He wasn't – let's not pretend that he was like a no, – no, 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 he wasn't. yeah. yeah. But, I mean, that's still Big 12 experience. Yeah, yeah. So In I, a completely different system. Yeah, I know. Yeah. That's the thing is I don't think he fits their system. So yeah. TCU will play four quarterbacks by the end of this season. Okay. I think that does it for all my football-related predictions, but I do have some random ones. Okay. Some just, like, random things? Just, just random. Okay. Nothing to do with anything. Okay. I don't want this one to happen, but I'm still going to say it. I think Stranger Things Season 3 will disappoint. <laughs> I love how you just okay yeah I think I'm, when I said random ones I meant just like random college football. Oh things, no, I went off the okay, rails. Okay, yeah, Stranger Things season three. Look, I, mean, I that lo- that in my mind is like <laughs> is is heresy, but it's fine. No, I loved the first two seasons. Everyone did, but I feel like there's so much hype around season three that people are gonna overhype it. It's kind of the same thing that happened with Game of Thrones. I'm not a Game of Thrones guy, but I saw people like. See, but the difference is it doesn't cost. Like fifty million, million dollars to per make episode. one episode of yeah. of Stranger Things. Yeah, yeah, I agree. That's a factor, but there was some disappointment. I just, I want Stranger, 
thing season three to be so good. I would imagine that the only way that that show will disappoint is if it's in the writing of it and not yes. in the, in the, yes. the creation not, of the story, not the acting or anything. No, the acting, the, those guys are awesome. I yeah. think it will be, there'll be like plot holes or something where people will be like, this doesn't add up and I'm mad. Okay. Well, it's also a TV show about kids like fighting against the underworld. So let's not like sit here and question whether or not there's plot holes. <laughs> I think there's already a lot of questions. I don't know. There could be an upside down, Jared. <laughs> okay. Okay. There we go. Kay. Stranger Things season three will disappoint. Yes. How are we going to judge that based on like a Rotten Tomatoes? Uh, Should we set like a baseline rating? We got to see what the first two seasons got. Yeah. And if it's drastically less. Yeah. Then we'll gauge it off that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Chris Williams, our Chris Williams. Yeah. Got a couple Chris predictions. <laughs> He's in Vegas right now. Right? Yeah. Okay. He will have a profit, not a loss, in money during his betting in Vegas. Kind of worded that weird, but. I think he'll come back with money without losing. Okay. Because yesterday he texted me. Yeah. Because I already know he won one bet at least. I know that for sure. He texted me. He's like, got like a bunch of parlays, got a bunch of stuff going on right now. But yeah. I know I told him to take Raptors plus four and a half. Money line took it. So I know he's profit there. Do I have any idea about the other things? No. I could have looked him up because I have a picture of it. But I'm like, I'm going to leave it. Keep so the you, question. But how do you know he's not going to lie to you? Would Chris? Oh, ever, yeah. I came back with money. Would Chris ever lie to us? He... I mean, I'm just saying he could stretch the truth. He could. It could be like one of those fishermen things like, yeah. He's not going to listen to this either. So he definitely no. won't know that we made this, this bet. That, that you made this prediction. So one day, like when he comes in the office, we should just both look at him and be like, so how was Vegas? Yeah. And he'll just say. No, we'll ask him. We'll just straight to the point. Just yeah. like, yeah. you win any money? Yeah. All right. Okay. Um, This one's towards you. You're going to like this one. Okay. I think, first off, I've got to ask you, are you PS4 Xbox One. I'm playing Xbox One. Good. Okay. I could beat you in a game of 2K. <laughs> okay. Where's my reasoning? I don't know. I don't really have much reasoning. I've never seen you play 2K. You've never seen me play 2K. But I run what you call a balanced offense, Jared. Okay. I'm the type of guy that everyone gets touches. We don't spam with James Harden. We don't use one guy. Yeah. Ball movement, player movement. I'm Down all about screens. the mid-range game on, uh, oh, yeah. on 2K. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Pick and pop, yep. pick, come yep. off there. Yep. Who's your team? I uh, usually play, we play with the all-time teams, uh, oh. do randoms. Yeah. Okay. See, like we do like the, you know, the three randoms and then you pick. Yeah. But usually if I'm going to pick someone, it's got to be the Celtics. They're way too fun to use. Uh, like their normal team or their? Normal team, oh, not yeah. like okay. the normal team. Uh. Yeah, no, I don't play with the normal teams very often, so I have a hard time. I could figure it out, but mm -hmm. it would just be, yeah. Do you use player, player movement, Jared? You're a basketball mind. I hope you don't play sloppy 2K basketball where it's just... No, I mean, I just, I'll put up 70 with uh, with James Harden on your ass. Oh, this is going to get bad. We should do this eventually. All right, we'll do it, yeah. All right, Kay. what do we got next? I uh, This one I'm cheering for. I just hope the NCAA 2020 football will come out. I have faith. There's been multiple games in production right now. Obviously, they're not licensed by Football the Football 2020 or 2021? 2021's way more realistic. Yeah, I'll give you 2021. I'll, I'll bite on 2021. I want 2020, but... That's not going to happen. No, there's no way. There's too many things in place. But there is a lot of games right now without being licensed that are trying to create it. Like, yeah. s s weirdly, but I don't think that's going to be it. But I they think... They won't be out in time for the season. No. I think 2021 is a realistic... The IMV Gaming that did the, like, put out the screenshots and stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm talking about, yeah. They really, like, missed the boat because now that's going to, they're going to be able to bring it back. Mm -hmm. And then they'll be like, damn, we messed did up all and didn't get our game out. Yeah. Yeah, they did all this work. Yeah. I mean, like, didn't the NCAA made, like, a committee? To, yeah, like, they're the examining the, yeah. And then they're going to have a report in October of, like, kind of some steps forward they want to take. So, NCAA, it's not that bold, but I really want it to come back 2021. Okay. Be on the shelves. Um, I think this is my last one, Jared. I yeah. think we made it to the end. In the next couple of years, Chris, another Chris Williams one. Yeah. We'll start home brewing craft beers out of his garage. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Do I have possible names for his beers? Absolutely not. I did think of one though. What if he called them Williams Waters? It could work. It's cheesy. It could work. No, seriously, I I think. I mean, you see his tweets. He always has, like, the untapped this app. This is definitely uh, – the, the sad thing is I could definitely see Chris, like, coming in here and saying, yeah, I'm going to start homebrewing. You want it? <laughs> no, he would tell us that he's going to do it, and then he would dive super deep into the entire world of homebrew, like yes. learning how to do it and all this stuff, and then he would never do it. Yeah. 
So, yeah. Or he would try once and it would just be just epic, be epic horrible. failure. Yeah, an epic failure. And everyone would make fun of him to the point where he's like, all right, I'm done. I'm not doing it anymore. Yep. All right, man. That does it for my predictions. I, I like your predictions. We'll, uh, we'll have to keep checking back on him during the yeah. season. We'll, like, make it part of football and random things or something where I – uh, where I go back and look at your predictions to see how stupid you are. Mm, that feels good. Uh, yeah, I, I do want to say, I will backtrack, totally did not mean to go down the road of, yeah, Iowa State's going to be Oklahoma and Texas. That would be nuts. We would be, could you imagine? Like, let's just play that scenario out. Could you imagine if we beat both of them back-to-back weeks? Sorry, I don't live in fantasy world, <laughs> Brandon. Oh. No, I mean, is it possible? Yeah. Is it likely? No, absolutely, absolutely not. not. Absolutely no. not. I think you think they get one of them. Like I think. I think they can get one. Yeah. They'll get one. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not gonna sit here with you and go like, on my live fantasy. In, yeah. Live in a world. Little, world where we think that they're gonna win both. Though. And Kansas makes a bull game. Yeah. And that's just okay. Yep. All right. Thanks everybody for listening. Uh, we'll talk to you guys again soon. Peace.